Matt Wensing. Peter Soon. Have you been sharing our Sendcaster link with other people? Uh, I might have sent it out uh, to a few <laughs> extra folks on a mailing list. Hello. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, it says Ben on my screen. Hi. Is this the meeting? Am I am I late? I'm sorry, guys. I was. Yeah, guys, oh yeah, Ben, we're still we're still on the line. You can't join yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's just running a little long. I'll, I'm just gonna join by phone. I'll call into the conference we're, link. I'm gonna put you on hold for a bit. We we have a guest for the first time. Three people. Am I the first guest? This is very exciting. You're not the first guest, but it's the first time you're three people. Oh, uh, okay. We've had right, replacements for Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's that's the easy job. Um, this yeah. is going to be different, very different. This is big. <laughs> this is great. I uh, I have a, a mission uh, of trying to get on all the podcasts I listen to at some point. So checking <laughs> nice. another one off right now. Awesome. Yeah the the note or oh, the the key what I wrote down was cross examination. So Ooh, see how nice. you like this one. Yeah, I like it. Well, I, yeah. I noticed I, I I got mentioned in I think the last two episodes, so it feels appropriate. <laughs> yeah then you just appears that's how it works right yeah it's i mean it's such a trip to listen to a podcast and then someone like mentions something you've done and it's like wow that's, what a weird world you just you just try to guess when people are recording and then when you kind of have that figured out you just try to guess the sendcaster link and that's yes see if you exactly. can join <laughs> well ben uh, we know that you hate introducing yourself and when people do that so i'm actually going to formally introduce you now oh thank you um, so yeah, we got Ben Arnstein on this week, and Ben is the co-founder and CEO of Tuple, the best remote pair programming experience on macOS. Um, ben is also the co-host of the Art of Product podcast, uh, on which he requested other podcasts to exist, and it was kind of like the origin story for this podcast. And he's hosting that with Derek Reimer, one of our batchmates from Tiny Seed. And you can find Ben on Twitter as r00k. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, is that so, so? First of all, man, hearing our my tag like our tagline about the app, like best remote pairing app, it, like makes me cringe. <laughs> to hear someone <laughs> actually say it, I was like, man, I have to rewrite that. That sounds so lame. What what, what is it now? What's it evolved into? No, I mean, I think it is actually that. I think you're reading like you're you're correct. Um, that's like what I wrote, but it's like hearing it out loud. It's like that just doesn't sound convincing. Like anyone can say best, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So I don't know, but also uh, it's it's cool to. Um, I was wondering, like, is is the genesis of this podcast like did was it really an art of product inspired thing? Like when we were calling for people to do this? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I think Matt even says that on one of the on the first episode. Awesome. He's specifically saying that you asked for other podcasts to exist. Man, it's <laughs> it's great to have uh, mind control abilities. This is wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, you I just. Mean- yeah, yeah. Matt, you were like, how can I spawn other podcasts so I can be on more podcasts? <laughs> That's a pretty good plan. No, I mean, I, I always wanted to start one, uh, but it was always like a background thing in my head of like, I don't know when I'm actually going to be able to do that. And and then between listening to Art of Product and then meeting Peter, uh, I think I think your call for podcasts kind of pushed me over the edge. <laughs> nice. It's a good CFP. Um, yeah. that's that's cool yeah it wasn't uh, so much to guess as to listen to because i i was listening to bootstrap web all the time and uh, i have a couple friends that do a, a private version of this and i was like all right i've i'm churning through these each week and now i need more so uh and now you guys have yeah. entered my rotation so it, it worked 
Yeah. I think we, it was nice to have an excuse to do one. And it's like, you knew, like we, we, I think we talked about like how, if we start a podcast, we could probably get you to mention it. Cause if we started a podcast, <laughs> cause you had said that people should start podcasts, you kind of should help people, you know, kick off their podcast as well. True. I think I've mentioned you a few times on Art of Product. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if there's a lot of people listening to our podcast that's not all already listening to uh, your podcast. So. Oh, wait, really? Well, why am I on here? <laughs> well, my <laughs> fiance purely... listens to this podcast and I know she's not listening to yours. So. Okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll pick up one new subscriber. This is the, <laughs> the whole point for me is just trying to grow those numbers. <laughs> one or I two. think the best way would pro- for her... To- to get her to listen to your podcast, the best way to probably get me on your podcast. Okay, yeah, that, that'll <laughs> that's the <to> work. <laughs> cool. So we love giving updates, and that's kind of like a thing we always do. So I think we should all just give like a super short update, kind of what we're working on this week, and then that we can talk about Tubal after that. Maybe sounds good. Cool. cool. So do you want to do you want to give a few updates, Ben? Sure. What, yeah. what are you working on these days? Yeah, well, I had a cool thing happen uh, yesterday, which is uh, DHH tweeted about Tuple. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that was that was pretty cool. I and I figured that. I would I kind of talk about how that happened. Um, might be an interesting uh, thing, which is so I, I noticed that uh, Basecamp had signed up for Tuple, uh, and uh, some number of their team were using it. But I, I saw David had been invited, but hadn't started using it. And so I reached out to him. I was like, hey. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we we recorded a podcast together like eight years ago, back when I was at ThoughtBot. Uh, saw you like got invited, but haven't tried the app out. Uh, let me know if you want to uh, like a, a personal demo at some point. And he responded and was like, "Oh, thanks. I do remember that. That's cool." Um, uh, two of the people are using it and they really like it, so I've heard good things. I don't pair that much, but if I do, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, and so I got that email and I was like, "All right, should I ask him?" to tweet about Tuple or like, should like, like, what, what can I do with this? And I was like, kind of, I was on the fence. I was thinking about just like being like, cool, thanks. Great to hear from you. And then I was like, you know, what? it's, it's probably low risk to just ask. And so I just said something along the lines of, um, we're small enough now that if you were willing to tweet that Basecamp is happily using Tuple, it would probably move the needle for us. So, you know, if, if, if you're willing, that'd be cool. And he did. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was I was glad I asked. So I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have otherwise. And it's there was that moment of like, what if he gets mad? What if he's offended? Is this rude? Uh, but I, I'm, I'm glad I kind of pushed myself to do it. That's I mean, great. I really like the way you phrased the question, I think. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. uh, the art of the ask right there. Totally. Yeah, I, I worked on shaping that kind of like that sentence a good bit. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I could see you staring at uh, Superhuman for a good 20, yeah. 30 minutes trying to just get the phrasing just right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it took a, it was a very short email, but it took a long time. I like, edited it a lot. Um, and and <laughs> it worked. Like that, yeah, and it worked. And, and I, I, yeah, he's more or less a bootstrapper or maybe like the quintessential bootstrapper. Uh, and so it's like, okay, I, th- I think he probably can identify with this early stage small company thing. And yeah. it seems to have worked. That's great. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a nice bump in new trials uh, from that. Nothing crazy, like more than usual, but not like bl- blowing the doors off. But Moving the I needle? Figured, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it moved. It twitched. Um, <laughs> and I think some of this is also just kind of like brand awareness. I think it's value and just people having heard of it and talking about the app. That seems good to me. Yeah. 
definitely. It's that little buzz that just keeps going. Exactly. Yeah, I want people to like at least know we exist. That's like a good sort of first step. <laughs> they haven't tried us. Yeah, and and and, and I think not to interrupt your update, but I mean that's this is a question for later. Is like um, you, you're kind of moving through the Twitter ranks pretty rapidly. I kind of wonder mm-hmm. like when that channel starts to dry up. What next? You know. Yeah, I wonder that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we'll save that for the for the cross sure. examination if you want. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, so I'll move on. Uh, the other thing I'm working on right now is uh, getting our analytics game in order. So mm. um, I don't have great data on like where are people coming from, like what's working, like what so- lead source is best for us, like that kind of thing, um, and then also like an onboarding funnel. Like, where in the process are we losing the most people? Just haven't gotten those things together yet. So um, for a while, this was blocked because I wanted to switch to segment. And then I I switched to segment. And now I'm connecting all the tools together and wiring up all the events. Uh, And so hopefully within the next few days, I'll be able to have a better insight into what's going on in the business. That's really nice. That's that's a very... I did that. I haven't done a lot of it, but I did, did a little bit of event tracking for Summit so far. And... It's just such a wonderful baseline experience compared to <laughs> flying mm-hmm. blind, obviously. Um, totally. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. It's it's crazy how much work it is, though. There's actually like, especially for us, because we have kind of a complicated setup because we have a desktop right. app and a web yeah. app and then the back end. There's, there's a lot of little pieces. So it's yeah. kind of tricky. Um, but it's it's interesting. It feels to me like this could, I mean, there's probably like 100 hours of like getting analytics <laughs> together that I could do and like not have it be total yak shaving. Or like, or like, yeah. just totally like a waste of time. Uh, it's it's surprising how this is actually still kind of complicated and kind of hard. Definitely, but, I imagine this when, the desktop the desktop app part of that has to be like I don't even know what does that. <laughs> yeah, well, we we um, I can't remember if we wrote or found a client for segment that we run in the desktop app as well. So we're we're, we're mm. sending out events that way too. So it's it's not it's not crazy hard, but it doesn't mean there's like more places to change stuff and to track stuff and to make sure the event names match and all this. Yeah. It's probably harder when you're running a more successful startup and you have a lot of th- events coming through cuz I mean, I think a lot of people set this up pretty early on cuz they have nothing else to do cuz they are <laughs> trying to start a side business or whatever and right. But like if you do it after your kind of your thing has started to take off, it's probably more like a fire hose that's like leaking and you're trying to like direct the water at the right place and like going everywhere. Yeah, there definitely is some of that because like we do like we use this to track like how calls are going. So like we send a performance a performance report with like stats of like CPU usage and current latency and that and whatnot. And we do that I think every five seconds on calls. So if you look at the debugger, like the segment debugger, it is a fire hose during the day when people are actually pairing with it. So it's, it's definitely noisy. I think that's, uh, I'm, it sounds like the fun part of running a startup though. It is pretty fun. I have to, I have to admit it's, it's my kind of yak shave. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> enjoyable. And like uh, segment, well, it's a, it's a great product. They've done a, re- a really nice job. So I'm, I'm kind of enjoying like reading their recommendations and trying to implement good things. Yeah, that's cool. Did you got anything else? Uh, that's the big stuff. Here? Yeah. Cool, cool update. W- what's going on with you, Matt Wensing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I went to Florida, which meant that I really did. Well, that's funny. I was about to say I didn't get a whole lot done. Um, 
I did get some stuff done. It's basically coding, coding on the flight. Um, so I got in maybe three or four hours of maker time um, there uh, between there and back. And uh, my, it was my mom's mom's birthday, end of January. So went uh, with my wife and visited her for a few days, which was nice. Um, I grew up down there. So uh, that was cool, but wasn't at work on Monday or Tuesday. And then um, Wednesday is pretty much just a attempting to get back into the groove. But what I did get done, <laughs> as uh, as I had to tweet about, of course, uh, was I, I did the front end portion of the Stripe, um, what I call survival curve presentation or visualization. So I can now, using the Stripe connection that I launched last Friday, um, look at the subscri- subscription data and produce these charts, which show you, you know, when are people dropping off in terms of subscribing to your uh, SaaS app, um, which it was just great to see it outside of Excel. Like I had, I, I was getting the data uh, automatically and then I was using Excel to like render some prototypes, um, but then getting it into the front end of the app and um, having it run just locally for now was really, really gratifying. Yeah, it looked cool. Like the tweets coming out from that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's uh, it's unique enough. Like, I'm not sure folks have seen that data elsewhere. At least not rendered that way. Usually, when you look at cohort data in like a uh, bare metrics, for example, you'll see like a box chart or like a grid of boxes that are colored like a heat map, and it tells mm-hmm. you, you know, how many people are still around that signed up in you know November of last year. Um, this is like a very it's a different version of that data rendered differently. So I think, and I think it's super valuable, um, which makes me excited to have it there and say, you know, a couple clicks and I can create this for you. Is Matt, I've heard you talking about this before. Is, is the main goal behind this feature, uh, the visualization so I can see it, or is it more that this lets you make better forecasts? Hmm. Yeah, it, it does have the value of making better forecasts. I think the the value, though, from more of an operational sense is segmenting. So what I'm creating right now is like your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Universal, if you will, curve, which just mm-hmm. says for all of your customers paying all of the prices for all time, you know, here is that one line. Where I think this gets more valuable in its own right, aside from the forecasting, is letting you segment your subscriber base and see if different... Uh, slices of your customer base have very different retention rates, um, which could just help you either figure out, you know, one, where to, where to focus to fix something or two, maybe it's like, wow, you know, like we're doing a way better job than we used to do at retaining people three, four months in. Um, but we're still bad here. You know, I just think there's a ton of, I mean, as subscription companies, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of insights that come from just segmenting, this data Mm. so that's the thing so kind of be like where should we focus our attention next assuming retention is like the holy grail (laughs) of Mm -hmm. keep people around and you know that's the that's the thought interesting it kind of feels to me like this is almost like an analytics move as opposed to a forecasting move like is is that a is that true is there like a slight change in focus or are you still thinking this is like a forward-looking thing um, it, it uh, I'll be a little, uh, cheeky. It's, it really is both. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a forecasted 
it's it looks into the future and says like, hey, everybody that signs up this month right now, like what are the odds that they're around six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now? So mm-hmm. it is forward looking in that sense. But you're right. Like this is the first data set that I'm generating just using my, you know, s- data science skills, if you will. That's mm-hmm. like a unique analytic that you, you know, that I think does give the app a little bit more breadth in terms of value. Gotcha. Yeah. Any concern that there's a already a cohort retention thing on the Stripe billing dashboard? Um, yes and no. I, I definitely see some overlap there. Um, but, you know, I, I'm eager to talk more to Stripe about what they're doing with that data. <laughs> mm, okay. uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think the beauty of this is I think the curve is important. And then letting people segment is valuable. But I don't want to get into a features, I'll put it this right. way. I don't want to get into a features war with Stripe. <laughs> totally. so, so the primary uh, use of this for me is going to be, hey, that's cool. you got a chart. Let me now use that to create way more accurate forecasting. Um, got it. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. So that was me uh, this week. Um, and a little bit of, actually, I should say that that was the maker side. On the manager side, a little bit more progress in the fundraise. So I know Einer Volset sent out a email to all of the investors in Tiny Seed about the fact that I'm raising money for Summit. Um, so I'm excited to make progress there. Can you comment on whether Tiny Seed is investing in this round too? I can. They made that <laughs> they made the strategic decision to make that easy for folks like me and the answer is no, they're not. Um, they're just not doing follow-on funding. Got it. Um, so instead, what they're doing is they're facilitating their investors doing follow-on funding. So it's almost like this money was not reserved uh, by Tiny Seed, and it wasn't already available to Robin Einer. Instead, they're going to do the convenience function of aggregating anybody that is interested and saying, "Hey, if you want to put in more money to these kinds of companies, um, here's an opportunity, and we'll do Matt a favor and." Um, coordinate that and batch it all together. And then Matt just gets one nice investor uh, row hmm. in his cap table, which is, which is great for me. Um, so they're doing the, the sheep herding. Um, I see. So is it like there's like <laughs> another fund almost then of people that want to do follow-ons? Yeah, it is. It's through, it's through AngelList and it's essentially a syndicate through mm-hmm. AngelList. Actually. Yeah. It, forget that word. It's just a holding place, but it is a syndicate. Um, but it's really a, you know, Einer and Rob managed syndicate that others can put money into. And, and frankly, they don't have to have been investors. I don't believe they wouldn't have had to have been investors in Tiny Seed previously. So, you know, I could point somebody at that as well. You, Ben, could invest in that. <laughs> um, cool. It's really open Whoa. to any any accredited investors. See see what I did there? Um, <laughs> I know how well tu- I know how well Tuple's going. Um, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, which I think is it's. It's great. It's a nice service. Um, it helps. And what I what I basically did is I said, you know, I'm going to hold aside. Uh, I'm doing a three hundred thousand dollar raise, and I said I will set aside one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for anybody that expresses interest, and that way, you know, Einer can accept up to that amount. And uh, I gave him a date in February by which I'd like to have commitments. Interesting. Do you happen to know if the decision not to do the follow-ons themselves is like because they don't want to sort of show favorites or something like that? Um, 
Yeah, I, I do understand the rationale and it's, it's tricky for every fund and I, you know, the follow-ons, some people do like 50% upfront and 50% later if you're proven to be a winner. Um, other people don't do follow-ons at all. And I think they went that path because it is a signaling risk and it's mm-hmm. just a lot easier to tell your next round investors, like, are you guys investing? And they don't want to have to say, no, but right. we can't really explain why, <laughs> yeah. but you should. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it just makes it really easy uh, just, nope, we don't do that. That's not a thing we do. Um, and, but you guys should. Um, so that's, it's a easy, easier path in that sense. But then a lot of people do follow on because, I mean, that's kind of the whole point is, you know, if you have somebody that's doing well, being able to double down before they go, you know, big time is, uh, is good. So I will say this, they do have a pro rata, right? Which means they can invest to not, uh, dilute their ownership percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. Like they have the, they could change this later on if they wanted. Yeah, so I think like in my case, they need to invest at least um, roughly forty thousand dollars into this raise in order to preserve their ownership uh, percentage, which I think I, I think they'll be doing. Um, hmm. Okay, so that's kind of like following on, right? I guess. Yeah, it is. We're in the middle. It is. Somewhere, somewhere in the middle, it's just we're not going to let our ownership shrink, um, right. which I guess would be a really bad signal. So yeah, I'm, I'm having some fun with that. I've already got a hundred thousand dollars committed, which is great because it means that you know I'm not worried at all about the solvency <laughs> of, my, of my venture over the coming months. Um, mm. But it'll be nice to get that out of my headspace too. Hmm. Awesome. Why? Uh, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. I know we might be taking longer than usual. Why raise money at all if you're now like a billionaire from your exit? <laughs> um, that's a great question. I I think that having... I, so if you want to look at it this way, this is kind of taking a big step back. Um, even with my exit, like a significant percentage of my current net worth is the value of my ownership in Summit. Mm. So if like you want to draw a pie chart and it's like, regardless, uh, all other things aside, you're like, how much of your net worth is in startups? Mm. <laughs> it's mm. like, well, if you count Summit, it's still like a big percentage. It's like way more of a percentage than like the average person should be exposed to startup land. Mm-hmm. And so like my diversification personally would say, I've already got plenty of upside if Summit goes well. Like my <laughs> my stake in in startups is still... I'm still way over allocated in startups. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why don't I give other people a chance to properly allocate themselves by getting a toe into what I'm doing versus going even more into startups, which is, you know, not where I want to be. I, I, my, my dream is to one day be, you know, not <laughs> the same ratio of startup uh, net worth as I am now. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. That's uh, interesting. Where uh, did you? So you you f- mid February or something like that is kind of what you're aiming for. Yeah, first close, like. first close February tenth, and then I'll do another close after that for stragglers. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. On my part, um, I'm still in Spain, so my new teammate Bjorn joined me um, on Saturday for a week. And we decided to basically work 
Sunday through Thursday and then take Friday off, which is going to be tomorrow. And it's been a really cool experience so far. Um, I think I'll have a lot more to share next week. Um, once kind of this whole experience is, is over and I've had some more time to reflect, but I think we both agree that there's a pretty, pretty solid foundation for working together. Um, and yeah, I've been, been really pleased with kind of the work we've gotten done this week. So the way we've structured our days was basically let's work on something cool in the morning so we can try to work together and kind of like, so basically last week was a lot of practical stuff. So I didn't even get to see, or he didn't get to show, you know, a lot of what he, he can, he can do, (laughs) um, and show his skills. Um, and then, so it was important for us, both of us to get to work together and kind of like, yeah, see what, what that would be like. Um, and then in the afternoon, Almost every day we've been doing long hikes and we had a whole like long list of things we wanted to talk through in Notion. So basically like what's the short-term vision, the long-term vision, what are your dreams, what are your goals, Um, what's our work relationship going to be like, like what are the roles we want to, you know, work towards, what's the company we want to build and a lot of that. And it's been really, really great so far. it's it feels like we've been here for like a month or something like that because we've covered so much um and yeah yeah. i I would i just wanted to say like it's really cool that you're doing that proactively like i think it's really easy to just let all that stuff come out organically (laughs) organically it's like oh yeah we're we know everything about each other because we've been at this for like (laughs) three years but no it's cool i mean uh, it's great leadership to just step out and say like let's talk about this now so that's cool, man. Yeah, it's been really cool. And I've also just been really impressed. Like, so basically on Monday, um, we decided that a good project to work on here uh, would be basically to start refactor the the build steps and branch. Um, so the, right now, those are pretty simple. So it's like you have an environment and name for the build step, and then you just have a text area where you can put in commands that you want to run. Um, so like bash commands basically. Um, and you know, for a lot of different types of commands, like rsync or SFTP or something like that, like the only thing you're actually editing is like the host name, the username, the path where you want to upload things. Um, and a lot of people are confused about that. And it's been a really, really poor user experience so far. Um, but already like these steps are getting pretty complicated and it's just, it's something that's been on my mind and on my to-do list for a very long time to start working on that. And it's a big, big part of this quarter's goal is to refactor how those build steps work. Um, so I was like proposing that maybe that would be a good project to start working on. And my expectations coming into this was basically like, let's talk this through a little bit and then just play around with it. And maybe, maybe you can spend like the first day just, you know, getting a better understanding of how these work. Um, just to kind of, you know, you've never, you've never really, I mean, I've showed him the code base, but he hasn't, you know, done anything in it. So I expected it to take a while before he would be comfortable actually starting the refactoring. Um, and I, I had a call, I think on Monday. So we started on Monday at nine and I had a call that I had to go for. And then I think I was back at 11. So I was like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, 
um, watching over his back while he's working, but I was like interested to see mm-hmm. where he was at. So I was like, so does it kind of make sense? Like how the build steps work? He's like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it makes sense. And then like casually, I was like, I, st- I started refactoring it a little bit. So it's a little bit cleaner. Uh, and then extract, I extracted some of the things into a config file. So it wouldn't be, you know, uh, part of the, <laughs> of the HTML. Um, and, and I also, I, I updated the rsync. Um, I, I built a prototype for the rsync uh, template to use, um, to basically just have input fields for the different things you need to change. Um, and I made it dynamic so you can use it for other steps as well. It's like, you, what, oh, wait, what? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's crazy. yeah, it was crazy. Um, so the next thing that happened was he worked on that for like the rest of the day. And then on Tuesday, I was supposed to do a code review of this thing. And so like, I look through the code and I'm like, sorry, could you just come over here and like, explain like these basic javascript concepts to me because i don't know what this means i'm like what's what's dot 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 mean and he's like oh this is like object spreading it works like this and then he started explaining like these javascript basics to me so yeah already like on day two we released this huge improvement of the build how the build steps work and plus like a much cleaner code base because he's just you know, started to extract everything into a config file where it's all organized. And at that point, it was pretty clear to me that like he was pretty serious and he was serious about taking ownership over the code base um, and awesome. making it better than it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know people talk, and this is true, a lot about how long it can take for a developer to get productive. But I think immediate, large, you know, high impact is also a really great like sniff test for somebody that's going to be more than just a, you know, employee. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I didn't expect that, but I think, so I think it's a testament that he's just, you know, a really good developer and he's really good at understanding things. But I think also just, you know, all the prep time we had, um, talking through how the product worked and he spent, you know, several days the previous week setting up test projects in branch and getting to know the product. Yeah. Um, and then the scope of the of the project we decided on, I think it all came kind of came together in that moment, and we were both just super pumped about it. True, true. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. You you set the table, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ago, and that's great. So yeah, I mean, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, we had a long conversation about where we want to kind of how we want to basically company building and like how we see the company evolve. Um, and I told him. I mean, it's pretty clear to me that you won't be satisfied just sitting in a corner and working on like a little corner of the code base because the only way this is going to be satisfying to you is if you can take ownership over the code base and improve it, you know, consistently like adding these improvements and refactoring it and making it better. Um, And he agreed to that. So essentially what we talked about was him just, you know, leading the development of Brange and me moving towards partnerships, all the, basically all the other things <laughs> that's not coding. I mean, I, 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 we talked about how I can still be a coding resource. Um, so especially on the back end, there's still a lot of things um, that are really like, that I know a lot about because I've been in the nitty gritty. Um, but basically see me as more of a resource that we can basically pull in to help, um, help work on that. But he's going to lead the development. 
so that's really, really exciting. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I was saying like, based on all our conversations and like we did personality tests and stuff like that, if we look further out in the future, like, I don't think, I don't really see you as a CTO for a big startup. And I'd be surprised if that was how you saw yourself. Cause you know, I could see you pretty easily mentor a junior developer and, you know, make them awesome, but I couldn't see you fire that person or, you know, have a salary negotiation with that person. Um, so probably like there should be like some middle ground between <laughs> that and like being the CTO. So like eventually there'll probably be, if this is a really successful company, like one day there'll probably be a CTO like on top of you, which will allow you to keep working on the thing that you like, which is the code. Uh, the code base. Um, so we had some really productive conversations about that. And I think it's exciting to already be thinking about like, if this is successful, like this is the company that we're trying to build. And this, these are the roles that we're kind of like aiming, aiming after. Mm-hmm. I, I am, I am long on Peter soon. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of mistakes that, you know, you'll skip even just like having that conversation of, you know, Oh, you're CTO because you're the first developer here. It's like, it's really hard to undo that three years from now when you find somebody that's actually CTO material. Yeah. Um, so it's just smart. And, you know, you don't know if you're right yet or not, but that's, no. um, it's. And also it's like, you know, in 10 years, yeah. you'll be 10 years older and maybe you will like be the, the guy that likes to fire people out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, Amazing I mean, week. Probably have more updates, but yeah, I am. It's like almost euphoric. Like <laughs> it's just fun to like think about all these things and be super productive. Like yesterday, we had a call with someone who had some feedback about Branch, and I um, Bjorn joined the call, and um, we they wanted to basically set up testing with Cypress, which is a JS testing framework, and after the call you know, at like 8 p.m. or something like that, we made Cypress work on Branch. And then this morning he released a template for that. And it's just really awesome to, you know, be two people hacking on this thing and like be super productive and have a quick turnaround time. And I think we're both having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much, that's the quick summary of uh, my week in, in Spain. Seeing a lot of good good things. Good deal. Should we learn a bit more about Tuple, maybe? Um, ask sure. some of the hard questions oh, about this, do. about mm-hmm. what Matt last week called the Instagram of the bootstrapping world, <laughs> the the <laughs> ultimate uh, Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's that is kind of my question: is like, is growing Tuple as easy as it sounds on the podcast? You know, it's funny. You're the second person to ask me that in the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> Uh, kind of, yes, I guess. Um, (laughs) I'm not trying to paint. I I try to paint an accurate picture of like the ups and downs on my podcast. Yeah. Um, And I would say, I think we're the, like the uh, benefactors of some like nice market conditions and uh, mark uh, just trend. Like, I don't know. I, I I think we're a little bit lucky and we're a little bit good. And together, those things have been uh, very good for us. And so, yeah, it's 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 mostly been a pretty uh, not super rocky uh, climb so far. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, there's just there's not that element of scratching and clawing that, you know, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no. and it's I don't know, like, oh, go ahead. I feel like you and Justin Jackson are both doing the same thing where you really like underplay how good you are, so you like maybe a little bit good. Like I had a conversation with Justin on Twitter the other day, and I'm like, you know, and now this is relevant to you as well. But the funny thing is, you asked, and I'm not sure he did, but you know, what I said is DHH doesn't just randomly like tweet about your product every other week or like scream about it on Twitter. So like, it's probably cause you have a really good product or it's probably cause you're really good at what you're doing. There's probably, so like, I'm curious to know kind of when you say we're maybe a little bit good, like what are the times when you feel like, Oh, I'm actually pretty damn good at this. Like, <laughs> do you ever have that feeling? Like you, you had have a sales call or something like that. Is it literally you think, that it's weird how it's so easy or is like do you think like oh man i just killed that call um i well i mean like with the dhh thing like when i actually saw the tweet go out i was you know definitely doing a little dance uh, that was pretty fun and i was just like i was i was proud of that um and what i i think i think sort of that that's like I don't know that I'm amazing at marketing in general, but I feel like I, I occasionally like make the right decision on something and like being willing to ask people to do that or like asking our customers to tweet for us or to like, um, I, I think I'm like getting okay <laughs> at sort of marketing hits, like having certain things get out there. And I'm like, I don't know that I have a, a, a repeatable strategy for this, but I think I maybe have like a good sense of smell for when there's an opportunity. Hmm. Yeah. No, it it sometimes it feels like you're some sort of robot that just sees you 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 take in a lot of <laughs> input from what other people are doing and you filter out the things that you don't believe is going to work mm. and you just say all the right things and do all the right things. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I don't think it's all right. I'm sure it's not all right, um, and I'm sure there's like glorious mistakes that I'll be making in the future, uh, bigger and bigger every year. I imagine, uh, hopefully. So are, we'll see. Are there numbers you share like publicly about where Tubal is at? Because it sounds like it's going really well, but you're not one of those, you know, barometrics, open startups kind of companies. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked about our revenue in a while. Um, and I feel honestly kind of conflicted about it. Like I, I, the, my default is generally to just share things. Like I don't, I'm not a huge believer in like the value of keeping secrets. And I mean, maybe not in general, but I don't know. I usually want to just default to openness. Um, I haven't, I've been a little bit hesitant for it in this case. And I don't know, actually know if this is makes sense. And I've been debating this with friends, but it's like, I, I, I sort of don't want to, I have a little bit of fear of encouraging other people to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe that's, I don't know if that's, makes sense or not like to me it seems like pretty low risk but at the same time it's like if you shout from the rooftops hey there's this great market niche over here maybe eventually people take your advice or they're like like hey wow all right that's cool i like good markets um so i don't know uh, it's i will say it's it's going well like we i've we've we've gotten back to like our like development salaries kind of thing and there's three of us uh so like we're we're at least there uh, it's not. It's no longer a financially uh, unfortunate decision to be working on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I will say this. Like, I think I'm not saying that this means you should share those numbers because it's kind of irrespective of that. But I think what you guys have is great taste in products, like what people actually care about. Like the product execution is just 
fantastic. And I say this as a tuple user, which Thank you. you can't, it, it's just, I mean, <laughs> if people could just copy that because they hear that the market is great, you know, it'd be a different world that we'd be in. Like, I think even if people knew, and maybe this is just like a feel a little bit better about the possibilities, like even if people knew how great it was, and I mean, they can tell it's going well. So it's like, okay, you know, hey, Peter, you and I are going to do this after that, after that podcast, forget it. <laughs> we're, we're all in on, uh, on, right. on, on the tuple thing instead. Like um, the, 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 all the decisions you've made, you know, the hundreds, if not thousands of decisions that have been made, like the, the accumulation of those, it's just super hard to copy. You know, mm. it, it's just hard. I mean, we, we all know Basecamp is making tens of millions of dollars a year or whatever it is, but uh, you'd kind of be crazy to try to launch a Basecamp copycat, let's say that. Not necessarily competitor, but at least copycat. Um, right. You know? Yeah, that resonance resonates with me. I think that's probably true. I, I do feel like despite the success we've had, we still are like, it still feels somewhat fragile to me. And that might just be like mm. a sort of like the founder irrationality where it's like, you're always kind of worried it's going to go away. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I, I do sort of agree. I think we have good taste. I think we made good decisions. And I, it's, it is hard to copy that. Like, I think you can, it's hard to know which decisions are the important ones and, and all right. that. So I guess I'm not super worried about like getting crushed, but like, I don't know that maybe there's something to like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like I could go either way. Like, I don't want to drop a thing in a recording and then later regret it. But no, I, no, I'm, no. I'm sympathetic yeah. to your argument. It's probably normal, also, like to have a feeling that it could all just disappear. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, you're moving fast and you're selling annual plans and you're closing big enterprise deals and stuff like that. At least that's how it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So you know. If it was me, I'd probably feel the same way. Like this came really fast, um, so there is it's a little bit scary as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think some of some of it's irrational. Like what, if I look at the <laughs> if I look at it, it's like it seems like we're going pretty pretty well, and like it would be, it would be hard for this to just like suddenly head south and then go to zero. That would be surprising. Um, and we're only three peoples, and like we not that long ago we were like you know hitting barely ramen profitable, and so. It's like we 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 survived that, and you know we can we know we can we're kind of cockroachy at this point still. So, I was thinking it's like there there was a long period on um, on your podcast with Derek where you were both kind of like working on something that wasn't really launched, or it was almost a year, I think, right? Yeah, about um, eight months for us. Okay, but yeah, it was kind of like a suspense of like, Ooh, what's going to happen? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Like, how, do you remember, like, kind of when you knew that it was going to take off? Uh, it was sort of um, an increasing feeling of confidence, I guess. I don't recall any particular point where I was like, I went from, like, no to yes. Uh, and I'm, I think I'll probably never get to 100% yes. Um, but it was, just, it was just a kind of consistent stream of events. I mean, I mean a big, big moment was the first time we onboarded someone into the product, like the very first person ever. And uh, he, we like sort of gave him a demo, like toured him around and like the product worked, didn't crash. Um, he liked it. He really liked it. He was like, this is like, you know, the good old days of Screen Hero. Um, and it was, that was sort of the first inclination, like the first time like really a customer had used it uh, and was was pretty effusive. 
And it was like, okay, I think we, we might have beyond to something. Because to me, the scary thing was um, I was successfully selling uh, annual plans before we delivered the software. So it was like, okay, I, I, when I describe this dream software, people are excited by the dream <laughs> and they're willing to pay for it. But uh, can we deliver the dream? And so as we started to give it to people and they actually liked it, it was like, okay, we might actually be able to make the dream. Was that Adam? Uh, it actually wasn't Adam. So Adam was the first person to ever pay for Tuple. And he actually uh, okay. probably did the first call as kind of like a like pre-alpha. So I think okay. he, so he, he was way in the early days. But this was the, kind of like the first stranger where it was like, yeah. okay, like someone I didn't really know who had signed up and paid us. I, I, I didn't really understand Tuple um, until exactly probably a year ago, I think, uh, when I, I, I tried it with Adam. And yeah, I, I don't know. After I tried it the first time, I was like, this is really good. Like, this is this is a thing. I understand it now, but I didn't understand it before I tried it. Well, I'm glad you eventually got it. <laughs> I think there is something about uh, Tuple where it's like, I mean, remote, like screen sharing and remote control exist in other apps today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't invent it so you can yeah. be forgiven for not being like why is this important but i think one of the things that people really like about it is the seamlessness of it like the lightweight feeling of it yeah because it, it lives up in your menu bar and you can sort of click click and then you're on a call and that's that can be something that's hard to appreciate until you experience it i think this this might be a nice segue because uh, i think the way it happened was i asked adam on telegram f- about something view related and he's like let's jump on a tuple and it's the first time I tried it, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was convinced. Nice. Um, so it yeah. spread somehow. Yeah, I mean, I, so this is this is my question that's going in my, in my head here is like, what's constraining you, if anything? Like, yeah, do you uh, our own incompetence, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, if if you had unlimited resources. Hmm. you know, how would you grow this thing faster? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been asking this question to friends of mine, um, which is if you had to 10x your business in the next year or face unfortunate consequences, what would you do? Uh, and someone, of course, <clears throat> turned this question back on me. And so my answer were, if I, if I were only trying to optimize that, would be probably hire um, a Linux development expert and a Windows expert and uh, have them immediately start working on clients, like native clients for those platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would also uh, probably try to roll out a freemium model where something like the first hour of pairing every month is free and then you have to go to paid after that. And like really lean into the like, how do we get this to spread? How do we try to get this installed on every machine everywhere so that we are the default choice for all these things? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I'm surprised you didn't say sales. <laughs> yes, that, that that probably should be in there too. Actually, I do a better job of sales. Honestly, there there is there's a lot of enterprise salesy opportunities that uh, I'm beginning to get better at and take advantage of. But I would still say it's like not a strong suit for us. Yeah, and 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 not so much like a critique as like okay, I, I saw the testimony the other day. Shopify is a is a happy tuple uh, customer, mm-hmm. and you know. my brain (laughs) says uh given my experience okay uh it's probably not much that's different about shopify as in search very long list of large engineering teams in the Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. and give me sales team that can just do what 
you know, do what they do best. And yes, it's going to be expensive up front, but let me go get the other, you know, 875 of those teams out there to, to sign up for Tuple, like as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have fit, you know, with with that. And, and like, unless you think that there's something unique or weird about them, um, or, or their use case is just not no. normal, uh, why not? <laughs> you know, like, why wait? It's a good question. I, I think some of it is just my own ignorance. Like, I, it's, or like, it's, it's hard for me to picture how that works. Like, Shopify started with two developers. Like, they signed up for a trial, they started with a small team, and then it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, and grew uh, until the point where it's like, we're talking about bringing the whole company on. And so it was sort of a, a bottom-up approach. And I don't know... Occasionally, we talk to bigger companies and they want to start with kind of like a top-down sort of thing where they're like, hey, we, we already sort of know we want this. We think we want to start with 25 seats or something. Um, mm-hmm. But that has actually been less successful for us over time. So yeah. it's, I don't, they I don't know up if... By, they signed yeah. up by purchasing a license on the website. Yeah, I mean, someone from Shopify wanted to try it and signed up and like entered a credit card and uh, did it for a while. And then uh, it got big enough that they moved it from their credit card to the VP of engineering's credit card. Um, And then uh, it kept expanding. And then the VP of engineering contact, like uh, put me in touch with their procurement person who buys the software for the whole engineering department. And now Mm -hmm. that's sort of the stage that they're at. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Like not, not having the sales motion locked down where... The thing about top down is you literally can just point people at a logo and say, go get them. But Mm. bottoms up, bottoms up, you're a little bit more organic and at the mercy of adoption. That is, it's a lot stronger and more genuine, but I could see how you'd say, I can't just point at a logo and go get them. Um, Yeah, maybe you could. I don't know. Like I have my, I feel like for like dev tools in particular, I'm I'm skeptical about a top down approach somewhat. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's pretty rare for like the VP of engineering goes, we're going to be using tuple for remote pairing. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's more like the engineers draw, like pass it up the chain and say, we want this. We tried it. It's good. That might be a a result of how we're like how we're set up right now to be mostly self-serve. But my Mm -hmm. my hunch is that that's usually how it works. Yeah. So it goes back to what you said, maybe, which is uh, the freemium push. Uh, or mm. trial, you know, you're basically just saying, yeah, I want to get somebody at insert all those logos to at least be a free user, right? And plant the, plant the seeds, yes. Plant more seeds and water them, and then and then your sales team actually is just uh, they're farming your free right. customer base. Yes, I, I do think that. Yeah, I think that could work. That that to me it seems like a thing that would that could actually succeed. I, I can picture that working. But I, I do think also I just kind of have a I'm a developer by training like I don't have a lot of sales experience and like I haven't worked at a software company that had a successful sales process uh, mm. I guess so I, mm-hmm. I don't have a model for this so my hunch is that I'm tending to underappreciate it like undervalue it um, and so like I, I was reading this book by the way which you guys have to read is amazing called The Great CEO Within um, oh it's uh, Alex McCall right or- uh, he contributed to it. Um, okay. I think he actually like, but it's um, oh, his coach, his coach, Matt Machari is the author. Yeah. yeah, his coach is the one that wrote it, um, and it's so so good. And there's actually a little sidebar in there that Alex wrote. We talked about uh, he is a developer founder and didn't really value sales, but when they added sales to Clearbit was when their growth like rocketed up. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of myself in this description. 
I, I think I might be missing potentially a big growth lever for the, the company. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's go to market. It's not just sales in the traditional, you know, hunting mm-hmm. sense. It's the, what is the go to market machine here and how do we stoke that um, and spin it yes. as fast as we can. And I, my, my prediction is once you get comfortable with that, you will not feel any reason to go slower. <laughs> you'll, mm. you'll just say, yeah, why don't we just do this 400 times sooner? Because it's going to be super sticky when it works. I mean, Shopify using a different remote pairing app, even if that copycat comes along, mm. it's just why, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, the, so uh, out of yeah. curiosity, like where would you start with that? Like, imagine I did want to hire somebody or even start doing it myself. Like, a, I guess that for the step one would be, like if I were going to do it, I would probably look at our customer list and be like, okay, who's big that's not doesn't have all the everyone on here yet? Let me start building relationships there. Is that like how you would think about it? Yeah, I, I think you want to get in to the ground level with those. Fo- I mean, what I did, what I've done in the past when I went on market was, yeah, you look at the you look at the domain extension on the email address. You send them an email and say, hey, can we talk about adoption at your business and how it's going? Why it hasn't happened more? I mean, you'd really just need to understand what's going on in those companies and then really figure out like can you recreate the shopify journey somehow right like right what does it take to recreate that and so th- in that sense it's not a sales it's an early stage salesperson which is really you know growth quote unquote which is really you right now like you're this guy mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you can if you can figure out that repeatable uh method from the bottoms mm-hmm. up you know that would be like, yes, you're closing deals, but what you're really doing is saying, oh, you know, we need something that, um, that the Shopify guy just leaned over and told his coworker, like how great this was, et cetera. Like we need a way to give them something else that makes that easy, go faster. You know, even if that guy doesn't do that proactively, like we take care of that. And I, I think that's, that's, this is a pretty well-known playbook in terms of the Silicon Valley approach, at least to like you said, clear bit or other bottoms up sales approaches. Um, I, I think you'd find a lot of templates that you could steal from. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't think you're far away <laughs> in that sense. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my prediction is that I, I think you're going to get to the point where um, somebody's going to offer you money to make this go faster and you're going to take it. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, the, the offering the money has definitely happened. Uh, we've mm-hmm. so far declined it. Uh, there's there's part of me that mm, there's a, I have a couple thoughts on this. Like one is just like I, I almost want to earn the uh, additional employees more. Like I, it's like how like what lo- what revenue level can we get to before we start feeling like it's crazy and we need to we need the help as opposed to hire ahead of the growth and then try to make it work that way. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's a great place to be. Yeah. So I I think. I think it's on me to do the sales stuff for now. Um, uh, def- definitely, definitely. And the reason that sales, the reason that enterprise sales and fundraising go hand in hand is that you just get to the point where bootstrapping to the next level is, it's just hard because the upfront cost of an enterprise salesperson is so high and mm-hmm. it's going to take them three months, six months to pay off uh, like the first deal. Right. Um, but you're right. You're, you're not there yet. But I love thinking about Tuple in 2025. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That's interesting. Actually, I have, I have a question for either of you, if you're interested. Uh, of like, if you, yeah. I know you don't have enough context to like really answer this super well, but take it. Go ahead and shoot from the hip. Uh, if you were the CEO of Tuple, what would you do? 
I can share like an interesting experience I had this week. Okay. Um, or last week, sorry. Um, so I was working with a contractor and I've been using Tubal with him. So, you know, I have a paid Tubal account so I can invite him to Tubal. Then I wanted another contractor to help him debug something. Mm-hmm. But then the blocker was that I had to somehow go to invite this third person into Tubal. And so this first contractor, he has used Tupel with other people as well. So he has Tupel, and I think he's able to call all the people that he's like that he knows that has a paid Tupel account. Right. Yep. But he's also someone who could really spread Tupel because he wants to like Tupel with a lot of people, but he can only Tupel with them once they have <laughs> a Tupel account. Um, and it's 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 one of those places where it's like the 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 fact that you have to pay. Uh, I think I paid 300 bucks or something like that upfront for tuple. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like an artificial growth limit limiting factor. Like there are all these people who wants to share their screen with other people, mm-hmm. um, but they can't do it before they give you the $300 or someone they know, like, like one party has to pay that money. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, it'd be hard not to th- think about the freemium model more. I think um, n- not sure what the solution should be. But it just seems like, like you know, the the way that I tried it the first time was that Adam showed it to me, and then, but I, I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have bought it if I hadn't tried it. Mm-hmm. So, like getting mm-hmm. people, especially when you have such a good product, like getting people to try it is such a good sales technique in its mm-hmm. own. Yep, um, true. Yeah, and there's just so many ways it could spread, but it's just there's a lot of things that makes it harder to spread right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I that's a reasonable answer. I, I agree. We're like, we, we have this, we have a product that could like, that does the viral thing kind of naturally. And we are actually making it hard rather than easy for it to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find other people in Drupal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a fair criticism. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, I have the same answer, you know, like I said this on a recent episode, like when I click the tuple icon in the taskbar or whatever it's called, I just wish there was like 12 more people in that list. Mm. Um, It would just make it a go-to thing that I did all the time. And I'm sure that I would end up paying for something like I I just, the quality is too high. The use cases are too broad. There's just too much stuff that can be done with it. Like I pay for zoom and that's just because, (laughs) you know, 40 minute calls like isn't good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would look at the, and from what I've heard you talk about, the costs of people using Tuple, I know they're there, but they're not like a very intensive app. It's not like people are, you know, hosting a bunch of stuff and eating up bandwidth. Right. Like your costs are just not the same as a typical SaaS. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it feels like a no-brainer. Hmm. So, if you if you wish there were more people on on your list, why haven't you invited them? Um, hmm. I mean, I'd, for I, for me, I think it's more like I don't know necessarily who to invite. So there's like discoverability as well. Um, I mean, I, if I have a very specific use case with someone, I can invite them. That's how I do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't I invite them? Uh, so I'll admit some ignorance here, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I've, let's see, did I use tuple with you, Peter, before I was a paying customer? 
I may have. I think we you're, became you're paying customers list. almost the same time. Okay. Okay. Just so kind of random just... which one of them, like, like who invited who. So here's me admitting a lot of ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what experience they would get if I did invite them. Hmm. Like, I, they're not there. So now I need to invite them. Am I? Are they going to be... I can invite a teammate, but they're not a teammate. I can add a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but, you know, I want to talk to my friend. I want Mark to be on here with me this afternoon. Mark is not on my team. He is a friend. If I add him, is he going to have to pay? Like, I, it's not clear to me what yep. the pay walls are that he's going to hit. And it just makes me, it's just that little bit of anxiety of like, enter the email of an existing user who is not on your team and they'll be added to your user list. Yeah, but is it going to say like, Matt's invited you and you should, you know, you need to have a tuple account. So pay here. Yeah, like, totally. I don't, I don't, I don't actually know. And I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry. I don't no, know. No, no, That's not I your fault. Know. That's us. I, I would say our, our language and like the, the clarity of that is, is a definitely a weak point right now. I think that's what be- you want to, to hamper growth. That's perfect. <laughs> there yeah, must like, be honestly- situations as well where people like have to, you know, like, with Matt and I, like, if neither of us were paying, like, one of us would have to be the one that pays. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, like, we have to decide, like, okay, <laughs> who wants pairing more than the other? Yeah, even if this just said, like, because you're a paying customer, this something will be free. Or, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't, just tell me what's going on. <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, yep. Uh, that's that's definitely should be better. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure you have, so we have, like, you're a freelancer account, I'm pretty sure, both of you which means mm-hmm. you can add unlimited teammates without paying more money. Okay. Awesome. So, like, so what you want, Matt, is like invite teammate. And so, but it's oh. interesting that like you don't think of that person as your teammate, which kind of makes sense. Um, so we, th- uh. this is sort of all falling out of like, um, we, the, the app is basically built for teams, software teams. Like, a, you know, we all work at Shopify. Great. Uh, right. But then we're like, well, we also have this market over here of like people that are kind of freelancy or like like you know solo people or whatever, and we want to serve them too. And so we just kind of have this like unfortunate in between sort of hacky kind of thing where it's like, well, the language doesn't make sense, and so you don't think of them as a teammate, but that's actually what you want. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm not sure if like now that we're two people working on branch, like so far, you know, I've just invited him to my tuple and he like he can call me as well right um, but he probably couldn't invite other people right so uh, i would uh, have to be he could technically invite other people but he couldn't pair with them okay <laughs> well <Wow. super> <laughs> we, we, we got the body open now and now we're just like <laughs> yeah yeah remember i talked what, about our incompetence mean? here you go <laughs> what's poke that so so yeah. to be very clear here it's i have an add a friend option i'm looking at this right now add a friend um, this is not what I want to add my friend, Mark, who's at different company. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your friend is not your friend in this case. So yeah, okay, this is, okay. and this, again, this is just bad, like bad domain modeling or bad like terminology, but the, yeah, this is just, it's terrible. But add friend is for adding, again, we have this concept of teams. So most people are on a team. Um, and so add friend is for adding a different, a user who is on a different team, but you want to show up on your list. Uh, but he has a tuple, but he already has a tuple account. Which right, is why exactly. it's an existing user. Okay. And yeah, invite yeah. teammate. So to, to invite somebody who's not yet on Tuple would be invite teammate? Correct. Or would that be? Okay. 
Okay. Yep. Got it. There's another thing I do with Drupal. Almost always, I almost always quit the app after I'm done pairing because I'm mm. extremely paranoid that someone can still see my screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what, what to do with that, but it's just a thing that I do for some reason. Like I just, yeah. the thought that I could have like forgot to turn it off or something like that. I'd rather just like turn it off completely. Sure. I understand that. I'm not sure there's much we can do there to, no, to help with that. No, probably not. Okay. So Ben, it turns out that I did do a pairing session with, so I had somebody helping me out kind of like in a CTO fashion for Summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go to team management, it turns out that he was a guest user. Right. Okay. And a guest user is neither a teammate. Well, he's a friend because he's in my list. He's my he's in my friends list, my buddy <laughs> list. But he's not a he's not a teammate. Uh, um, yes. So <laughs> a team has like full paid users or guest users. Okay. So yeah. So either you're paying for somebody, in which case they can pair with anybody they want, or they're a guest user, in which case they can only pair with paid users. Okay. Yeah. Like I would. This stuff is fun for me. So like I, I, you know, I feel like I'm tugging on like, like veins and nerves <laughs> yeah. at the same time. But, but like, I think this is like the whole, this is the fun part of starting up, right? Is like, if you get this model correct, I think growth will be just, even if you don't go freemium, like, I think that'll unlock growth somehow. Yeah, I, I agree. Think. I, I think it's, I think it's a stumbling block and it's, it's something we're, we're working on actually right now. So I, I think like we're, the, the good news is we're aware it's suboptimal and we have theories as to how to improve it. So uh, there should the, be some, some changes coming. Cool. The contract I work with, like he'd be someone who'd spread the tuple link with a lot of people. I think he's a young guy. He wouldn't buy an account cause it, it'd be a lot of money for him. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the Dropbox model where like every time you you invite someone to Tubal, you get, you know, an extra hour of pairing or something like that. Yeah. I think he would just like immediately get like 20 hours of free pairing or something like that. Yeah, totally. There's also, um, it's funny, so we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about this, but when I look at it as like a percentage of revenue, people on plans like you guys are actually like a very small percentage. Like it's yeah. like maybe 10, it's like 10% or something, maybe less. You and so this part of me which it. just says for simplicity screw all those people <laughs> let's not even support <laughs> this use case at all because it clearly it's, it's adding complexity to the system let's just keep going after shopify and like not worry about any of that stuff well step yeah. one make it free for us <laughs> <laughs> i actually did think about that it's like maybe it's just not even worth like if i can just somehow know someone is 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 not a large company like just fine just just use it i don't even care yeah <clears throat> i mean i i'm I, a little story is uh, at StormPulse, my last company started out as freemium SaaS, and we just opened it up to the world. And all of our enterprise accounts came through people who signed up for the free product at some point. Maybe mm. not all, maybe not all, but like the ones that like put us on the map, like our, our equivalent of Shopify, if you will, mm-hmm. came, came through somebody at the company who was just using it, like the personal edition, whatever, and maybe they shouldn't have been, but it doesn't matter now. And like the need came up and they raised their hand and said, this company can solve this problem. Let's give them a call. Yeah. And that was priceless. Like having an internal champion at a company because of the free product was, um, was gold. So totally for what's worth. Yeah. Makes sense. I think it could be a reasonable (laughs) path forward. You probably shouldn't hire us as your CEO. 
we're just we're obsessed with giving things so yeah we're just obsessed with giving things away <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, want, we just want to be CEOs premium one, we want to be ceos for one day so we can make tuple free for ourselves yeah right exactly. <laughs> that's great make that it free is. for matt and peter <laughs> There's, there's some good ideas in, in there for sure i think yeah well thanks for thanks for letting us poke on things oh yeah absolutely is, i mean uh, turns out this is my favorite topic so it's <laughs> awesome this is our longest ever podcast it's great it's long but good hopefully i'll cut on my own update if it's <laughs> i always hate when people are like in the middle of a really good podcast episode and they go well we're getting close to time it's like yeah who cares <laughs> if it's good keep going you're gonna make me find a better podcast than this one right now <laughs> exactly like I, i'm not like it's a podcast i can stop it if i want to like it's i don't have to like be somewhere it's not like a in-person meeting ben you might have to talk to someone about your podcast addiction <laughs> yes i agree i probably should don't stop the next, the next, the next episode of art of product is podcast addiction yes <laughs> it's like brain stimulation addiction i like the dopamine yeah Perfect. awesome cool well should thank we thank you uh, so much yeah thank you ben yeah. oh yeah it was fun Glad you're not gonna get any more questions you okay you survived <laughs> all right <laughs> no i actually i will say this if if there was anything that we could be doing better on this little podcast that we're starting uh i'd love to hear it or if you have any feedback at all that was something hmm. i wanted to ask you um Nothing is coming to mind immediately, uh, but I'll I'll email you if something happens later. We, we took that. it early on. We fixed our sound issues. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> which I did email you about. Yes, <laughs> I think that's that's the ritual, right? You start a podcast and you get the famous Ben Ornstein email. <laughs> I do, man. I care about audio quality. That's something I have to I have to bug people about. I can't yeah. believe how often I'll I'll hear like so hosts inexcusable you have to have good audio period but the thing that blows my mind is like people will be like i'll hear a podcast will start up that i know has like at least a hundred thousand downloads an episode and like oh, the yeah. host is like i'm so excited to welcome john today john welcome and you hear uh yeah uh nice to be here i'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> and it's like are you kidding me like did you you've invested zero effort in this it's like turning in your like your thesis on like lined notebook paper written by hand like what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, I like how Tim Ferriss is known for like sending a whole like recording studio to people before. Yeah, I think that I mean that's that's reasonable, but I wish people just understood like the, like part of part of this thing is like try to invest some effort in this. Yeah. Very anyway, reasonable. well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yes. I hope our efforts showed today. <laughs> yes, no, you guys you sound great. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Ben. You. Yeah, my pleasure. It was and, fun. And Matt, talk to her next week. Alrighty, sir. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.